sets up. Felton Davis in zone. Diving catch. Touchdown, Michigan State. From WDBM East Lansing, you are listening to Spartan Red Zone, the student voice of Michigan State football. This is the source for the best analysis, updates, and much more for Spartan football. SRZ host Ryan Collins alongside new guy Nathan Stearns and some old folks Eric Bach and Joe Dandron. How we doing boys? Doing good, doing good. Nice seeing y'all again. I, we're in quarantine so the audio might be a little bit different than it usually would be in studio. But I, I, a couple of you guys are still in East Lansing, right Bach? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I resent the old folks comment but that's okay. Um, we, yeah, Joe and I have been playing um, golf, a lot I, of golf. I, I probably played in Collins, you know, I think I might need you to teach me some things because I played too much golf to be as bad as I still am, I think. What does yeah, too much too. golf mean? When did you start playing? Yeah, probably about, what, three weeks ago, Eric? Oh, uh, more than It's been a, mo- a month. As soon as the golf courses were reopened We went to the, the range governor, and then we went. We went, like, almost So you, you've, you started playing, like, a month ago? Yeah. No, no, I need play. I played before. Oh, okay. Yeah, this I played. I hadn't played in like a year, and I didn't start playing until I was actually, you know, pretty much out of high school. So that is when I kind of. On, on a scale of one to ten, how bad is he, Bach? Ten being the worst. Yes. I don't want to hear he, this. He has some moments of being like a nine, and he has some moments of being like a three. Yeah. So I mean, Joe, you're a decent athlete, so. Yeah, I, I will say this too. I um. I played really bad last time I played, and I'm going to play this weekend. But I, um, I have gotten better. I shot from the first time we played to ne- to the most recent time, Eric. I did shoot a lot better than that first. Yeah, time. I like ten oh, or Totally, you've gotten better. Yeah. Just, are you guys betting on these golf rounds? How are you? I'm not good how, enough to play for money. So, I, so the one time money was involved, we were with our dear comrade Ian Gilmore. It was the three of us: Joe Gilmore and I. And um, we played the front nine. We were playing the East course at Forest Acres, and we played the front nine. And I was – Career low at Forest Acres East for me, 74. Oh, shoot. <laughs> okay. So, Not to Brad. Yeah. All right. So, 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 so we go, and I, I shot 45 on the front nine, which is good for me. Yeah. And, and, and Gilmore. Gilmore shot bad on the front nine, like 51. And then so after so we made the turn and I was I was playing as well as I can play. Like I was hitting greens, I was making putts, I was hitting in the fairway, which is like uh, that was as good as I could play. Then we made the turn and Gilmore's like, "All right, let's bet on this back nine. And oh, I got in your head. Imploded. And he's down six strokes. I imploded and lost by so I was up six through nine and ended up down two at the end. So hopefully I'll get to play with you guys now, now that we are officially in person for yeah. this fall semester. Oh. I, I would have been up there anyway. I don't know about you guys, but MSU yeah. announces that they're going to have in-person classes, which I think might be a step towards maybe starting football, spring football or yes. summer football. I don't know what we're going to call it. Because it sounds like 
the Big Ten's and allow people after June 1st to congregate and do some sort of workout. Yeah, I hope so. I think that that you know Michigan State obviously having the uh, having the former or the medical doctor with an epidemiology background. Um, what does that it, mean? It means that he's an infectious disease expert. Okay. Then so I was thinking that MSU might be the holdout because you know we have the infectious disease doctor as our president, but he seems to be seems to be doing you know taking this taking all the information that he has and making the best decision that he can at this point so that's that's good news i'm i'm ex- i was ecstatic when i got that news yesterday can we all agree that i'm i'm so tired of having to preface like oh if things are safe and sound we'll get oh, back no. to playing sport i just want sports to be played i understand there's an underlying risk and things going on, and I'm I'm not a moron and don't understand that. I don't have to preface everything I say. Like, hey, uh, if everything gets bad to bad, like we'll have sports. We all understand that. We're not going to go go to stadiums and fill up seventy five thousand like people in Spartan Stadium if it's not safe. Obviously, but like, don't like we don't need to do the whole five minute thing. It's like I hope everyone's happy and how like everyone like is smart enough to know that we all believe that. So if we're trying to find a way we can play sports or do something for small sports at like collegiate level, like I, save me the fifth degree. I don't know what, how you guys feel about it. I mean, there will be college football. I mean, I, I so? Pretty, yes, I do. I do. I think that it's so much of a moneymaker, especially in the SEC, especially in the big 10 that I can't see a feasible way in which there's not and especially now that you have some of the Big Ten schools announcing we are coming back in the fall, I would probably, if I was a betting man, bet all of my chips on there being football. Now, do I think there's going to be fans? Not sure. If there is, there's going to be they're going to be few and far between. Because part of that email that Stanley sent all of us yesterday was that these large gatherings, these large congregations, are going to be very limited, and they're going to have to go undergo a very strong betting process. So I don't think we see fans. I really, really don't. I just think there's too much of a risk, and I think there may be too much of a liability aspect. So my guess, if you want to put me down, is college football, no fans. I think yeah, that I'm I, right there with you, Stearns. I'm right there with you. I think that, that – you, what do you think, Dan? I'm sorry. Well, no, I think Stearns is 100%. I think, no matter, I think there's no fans. Just That is the easiest bet, no fans. I mean, why – in what – especially for college football, they make – I mean, I don't know. I obviously don't know numbers, but they make good enough money or good money off TV deals, radio deals, all those things. And they'll still have the TV stuff, you'd assume, of course. So, I mean, I think the lowest priority is going to be getting fans at least fully in the stadiums. Maybe maybe they'll have a little bit, but I highly doubt it's really in any capacity. I'm wondering what tailgating is going to look like, too, for college football. That's going to be really interesting to see what happens. I I honestly think it'll be full-fledged if they have any games. I think people will still come up to the university because it's a part of their weekly tradition. No, like I, my know, parents, I know. My parents you know, every said – Kelly Collins isn't going to yes. be stopped from his tailgate. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think my – if there's no football, my dad might be up in East Lansing tailgating. He doesn't – it doesn't matter. Like, that's just the type of creature he He's is. just going to be in the parking lot drinking. Watching yeah, he'll be at Ord Holoculture just chilling with a couple <laughs> pancake shots. But – the thing that I find interesting is because college football, like you said, Stearns is the moneymaker in NCAA sports. 
is like all these little programs and their sports like programs in general are already being cut. And if there's no fans in the stadium for them to split that gate, which is how they are able to make, they're not making money. These small like schools on sports are taking a loss and a deficit every single year. But for them to be able to stay afloat is for a team like Bowling Green to go to the big house and split like 35% of the gate that day. And I don't know how the TV revenue is split up between the two universities, but I do believe it only goes to the conferences. And the MAC conference and the Big Ten conference are obviously going to have a complete different like TV and revenue structure. So I'm curious to see how many programs get cut if there's no fans this year. Because I, I do I can see a scenario where you could fill up like a seventy five thousand seat stadium. I think the Miami Dolphins already said that and put like twenty thousand people in it. Yeah, and, and you do social distancing measures. Like I could see you like a way of them being able to do that. Well, and with I mean when you look at an NFL stadium that size or the big house, the horseshoe, you mean these massive, massive stadiums that fit seventy, eighty thousand people. You could really fit fifteen thousand people in that, and everybody with how large those stadiums are. You could fit people in there and you could have them safely distanced from each other, you know. But, yeah, I mean, you look at CMU, too, when you talk about programs cutting out. Like, CMU cut their entire track and field program. I mean, like, and for Division One school to do that, I mean, what's going to happen to these Division Two schools, three? I mean, some universities, some small universities might even not make it through this in terms of shutting down, you know, really small ones, community colleges and Division Three schools. So I'm going to wonder what's going to happen at the Division One level when you get to those Power Five conferences, how many of them will be affected? I think most of the Power Five will be able to survive Whether at least one year. At least one year. Yeah. Now, if we if we start talking about having limited fans and limited everything in 2021, slot 22, then I don't. Then that's you can have one bad year. I don't know if you can have two bad years in a row. Like even these, even the Michigans and the Ohio States and the Notre Dames of the world that sit on mountains of cash. I'm not sure that they can even will be able to fully sustain two years of very limited, you know, fans and, you know, activity on their campus. Now, I think I agree with Stearns in that probably the safest medical option, at least from what I've read and seen, is that no fans are will probably be allowed, at least maybe at the beginning. And then if they realize that maybe they will be able to have some fans and social distancing, but I mean, what, what's the recommended social distance? Six feet? So yes. if you sell, you know, or if you fill one out of every three seats, but then you have the question of groups coming together that have been living in the same house and quarantined together. Why? What, there's, it wouldn't be necessary to separate those people by six feet that have been together through this entire process. So there's so many extra factors that you're going to have to really consider. And I'm sure these universities will, because now... If Spartan Stadium, say, sells 20,000 tickets per game this year, how, how are you going to decide who gets those tickets? You know, how much are those people that are going to, you know, fill those 20,000 seats, how much are they going to be willing to pay? I mean, there's tons of extra factors that you have to, that we, I don't think we as a general public has even, have even considered yet. Well, I don't think, and also, I mean, you look at, like, will people be comfortable being put in a stadium closely packed together when, if it's allowed. I mean, like, granted, we all know people are sports fans, whatever, but this is a pretty serious situation in terms of like people being genuinely like, I wouldn't want to be in a packed building. 
So will people even want to be in a packed stadium? You know, that's I'm my sure question. I'm sure you'll find 20,000 people that will be willing oh, to risk yeah, it. I'm saying, but what if they allow all fans? You know, I'm not even sure that you could fill a stadium after what's happened. Well, and mark my words, if you have some freshman or some sophomore that goes to these games and they, they get sick, you're going to have some sort of helicopter care and lose their mind and say that Michigan State should have <laughs> done more. Like, I can see that scenario playing out time and time again where you have a one of the hallmarks of being a Michigan State freshman or sophomore is going to Spartan Stadium and experiencing that on a Saturday night. A kid does that, they get sick, and then I can imagine an angry mother, an angry father that starts blaming and lambasting the university because Michigan State didn't make sort of enough precautions to protect said daughter or said son. Well, I mean, what happens if someone, you know, I'm just saying hypothetically, of course, you know, I mean, like my question is too, when, you know, you allow fans and any capacity back in, what happens if someone gets sick, someone has it after well, the fact, and other bunch of other people, obviously it's totally hypothetical, you know, and then it's like you, so then you got to shut everything down again. You can't allow fans. I don't know. There's just so much. Only time is going to tell, but. Well, that's like the thing. That's why we're not having like big gatherings because the possibility of a patient zero situation is what's holding us back from doing something like that. Even if our population gets healthier, because we just don't have the medication that we need right now Mm -hmm. to be like particularly sure that we're going to be able to like sustain hospital beds and all that stuff. But the one thing I find interesting, like Michigan state hosts the university of Miami this year, or, or they're supposed to. That's a pretty big non-conference game for Michigan oh, yeah. State this year. Yeah. I'm, cur- I'm very curious to see if there's no fans, if there's some sort of rescheduling going on with a lot of these big matchups. Like Michigan travels to Washington this year. That's a pretty big deal for Washington to get to University of Michigan to come to Seattle for a home-and-home home series. So I'm very interested to see if there's any scheduling hiccups. Well, what, happens, go ahead, what happens if you're Michigan State and you have this contract with Toledo, and for small, mid-major schools, that is a large part of why they go to places like Kentucky. They go to places like LSU. Look at Eastern Michigan, who went to LSU, who's gone to Kentucky, who played Purdue, who played Rutgers. You get $500,000, from going to these games. If you don't play, my question is, is the contract completely void? Like, I think that sets up a really interesting sort of legal conundrum because if you don't have college football, the sheer amount of money that you make, $750,000 is a lot of money if you're a max school for a football program. That's like whenever you have a max school that goes to one of those cheap bowl games and they get five, dollars $600,000 in the payout, that money is so essential to just maintaining that green line or breaking even game after game after game, season after well, season. Well, it's not even just the football program. It's the entire athletic program. Like Colin said earlier, like – you know, Bowling Green going to the big house is what allows Bowling Green to have women's soccer. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all these all these extra factors and extra people that are affected by by these games not happening and not happening to their to their full capacity. Okay, the last thing I'm going to say because you, I saw Coach O on Fox News, which I thought I found very funny because it's Coach O. He, he's basically saying that like we need football and whatever. And there's already been kind of speculation that, like, the possibility of the SEC just kind of having their own, like, conference season with fans because a lot of the universities are like, we don't really care. I I would find it interesting if there's a spring season and a fall season. Would you guys be opposed if they just 
delayed college football until the spring? Because I possibly – and, and that's the thing. You don't even know if you're going to have fans in the spring either. But, like, I think it gives optimism, like, for a possible season with, like, some sense of normalcy. But I, I don't really see it working. Because how do, you, how do you continue the next season after that? Some of that is completely dependent on what also is done with college basketball. Because the NCAA mm-hmm. is not going to want football. Because, obviously, the NCAA – college football is the sport that is most independent from the NCAA in terms of revenue because so much of it is with the conferences and with the actual, like the college football playoff is not associated with the NCAA. So the NCAA is not going to want, if they play college basketball normally on their normal schedule, they're not going to want football competing with March Madness because March Madness is the NCAA is what allows the NCAA to be in the black every year. So, I mean, there's so much, there's so much scheduling that has to be done. I think my gut tells me that football is going to happen on, on its regular schedule with or without fans. And, and maybe it'll be with fans in some regions of the country and without fans in others. But um, it's, there's really no scenario, unless there's like another, ter- God forbid, there's another terrible outbreak of the virus. I don't think that, I don't think that football is going to be altered on, on the calendar. So my question, though, for you, Eric, is let's say we get August, September, the season's good. I do know that a lot of the models, a lot of the epidemiologists think that there could be another wave when it gets colder out. What do you do when you get to November, December, and there is another COVID outbreak? Do you cancel the season? Because at least for me, I don't see a point in playing four, five, six games, and then we're back to where we started again. Well, you know, college football, the NFL is on a different calendar than college football. Obviously, the conference championship games – in the college football calendar are always the first weekend of December. So, and as you said, the epidemiologists have projected that there could, that's why Michigan state is ending their in-person classes before Thanksgiving because of the warning of a potential, you know, outbreak or, you know, whatever you want to call it, a, a surge in cases in December. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, playing, 12, 13 games of the season is going to be a lot better for TV than it is for, than it would be to not play at all. I mean, obviously, you know, people are going to just eat up whatever football they can get. And if the virus comes back and cancels a bowl game or two, I mean, then I think that's going to be better than, you know, losing a whole season. Okay. Well, this is a Michigan State football podcast. So let's talk about a little Michigan State. And during the quarantine, they've actually been kind of busy. We Last time we were on here, we talked about the Mel Tucker hiring and how all the excitement that it brought to the program. And that really hasn't stopped since he's been hired. It's been all highs. There hasn't been many lows. I mean, if you want to count a decommitment as a low, I, you can count that maybe from Spider Neely. But, I mean, they've went out on a recruiting trail, and I don't know what they're doing with the Zoom and – all these new graphic designers that they got. I, I mean, Michigan State is football in general as a brand is really exciting right now with Mel Tucker. Yeah, totally. I think they, just to go back to the Neely decommitment, he never visited campus. Yeah. So, I mean. I don't even get how you commit to yeah, do that. Yeah. I mean, if I was, I just know if, that if I was a athlete of that caliber that was being offered by these types of schools, I definitely would visit the place that I was considering committing before committing, but that's just me. 
Um, yeah, but Mel Tucker, I mean, considering the limited time that he's had recruiting and obviously getting hired in early February is not ideal on the recruiting calendar, but from what he's had, I think he's made the most of it. I mean, people, you got the Michigan Twitter people, you know, still making fun of him for, you know, not having any four-star commits and stuff, but from what he, yeah, I mean, they're always going to, the trolls are always going to attack, but, you know, you always, I think he's done really well. I think he's, the staff seems to be connecting and seems to be moving themselves into the modern day of college football, as you said, all the graphic design, all the social media engagement, I mean, that's all they can do right now, right? So, I mean, from from a standpoint of what are they, what can they do? I think they're doing everything they can. And it's yeah. just the sheer amount of three-star recruits that he's been able to get. I mean, well, how many did Mark get this year? Seven, I think, is the magic number for that. So Mark was not good on the recruiting trail this year. I was going to say, if you get 15, 20 three stars, chances are three, four, five of them are going to be good. And especially when you consider the fact these guys that he are bringing in are men. These are boys. Big, I was going to say, these are big, strong, athletic physically demanding kids and I said this on green and white with Sloan but when you want to establish this sort of backyard mentality sort of Wisconsin what 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 Wisconsin and Iowa have built their programs on the toughness if you just want to go right at people you have to bring in guys like this who are so big and so strong because frankly the less time that they need to spend in the weight room getting college ready that's more time they can be devoted to understanding the playbook, understanding how Mel Tucker wants to run his new system. I mean, Mark had a problem with recruiting. If I'm recruiting middle linebacker, Mark would recruit the kid that was 5'11 and 200 pounds. I mean, Mel is recruiting these kids who are going to smash you in the mouth over and over and over again. Yeah, and I think that also another thing to note, too, is he's recruiting in Tucker. I mean, and obviously, you know, I think D'Antonio – at one point, they'd have been able to do this a lot more, especially during those that 36-5 run everybody talks about. But right away, one thing I noticed was that Tucker is able to kind of recruit in areas that really Michigan State hasn't hit on in the last couple of years. I mean, he's, you know, I mean, Neely, who decommitted, albeit, but was from Florida, you know, Florida, Texas, you know, Detroit area, all these places that really Michigan State hasn't really been hammering the last couple of years in my eyes. And that's where you're going to get really good recruits. That's where a lot of really good recruits come out of. And he's got the staff. They're younger. They're on, you know, I think the biggest thing too is how they have used social media during all this to like build like this, like culture brand, I guess, around the program too, in some way. I think it's a little extra at times, but also I think that, I mean, younger recruits are going to get attracted to that. You know, people who are in today's day and age, technology, the social media-driven era, that's going to attract younger athletes. And I think that's going to be good down the road for Tucker. Can we talk about – have you guys seen Mel Tucker's header on Twitter? Yeah. It is Mel Tucker with two – I don't know what type of dogs they are, but he's got his, hand, his arms crossed. He's got two dogs just barking. Next to him. It's the most ridiculous <laughs> picture I've ever seen. And I, it, dogs. It, 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 I get it, like the Spurn Dogs mantra. It's so ridiculous. I love it. It's so college football. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> where in the world would this ever fly for that to be on your like professional Twitter other than being a college oh, football coach? Yeah, I was going to say, only with a college football coach would that yes. work. The funniest photo to me, too, was that one of him wearing the sun hat and ripping a cigar on Memorial Day. <laughs> 
in like a backyard. He's, you know, that dude was 100% barbecuing at 10 a.m. And it was yeah, just like, he's, wow. uh, he's showing off his green ad and all that stuff. So You're fun. right, though. The social media has probably been the biggest, yeah. like, thing. Like, he's actually kind of funny. He doesn't sound like a robot. I, I mean, I don't know if he's actually controlling his own social media, but whoever is doing it is doing a pretty good job. I, I think, I, I, I mean, he's a college football coach. I don't think that he has someone running his social media. And I don't, no, and, I think, and I think he's a young enough and intelligent enough individual. He's got young kids too, you know, so he's kind of up on things. You know, I definitely think he probably does it himself, but it's not just him. It's really the whole program. Like the yeah. football, so the football account on Twitter and any social media. I mean, hell, they were on TikTok, which I hate that app. Don't even get me started on You don't like TikTok? I know, I hate TikTok. it. We're not getting into it. We I haven't, I haven't, I haven't caved. I haven't caved and downloaded it yet, and I don't plan on doing that. I haven't it caved is. either. I would like to get Stern's thoughts on TikTok. Oh, boy. Yes, this is something I would like to hear as well. Uh, I just hate it. I just hate it. That's it. My pro, I've never been like a new fad trends guy. Like I never got hooked on Fortnite. I haven't gotten hooked on TikTok and I don't understand. It's just a bunch of obscure idiots making posts about <laughs> things. And it's like, what, what are you referencing? Like it's a five second video of you doing jumping jacks. And it's like, who is this supposed to appeal to? Like, what, like if I'm not in your inner circle of friends, I'm going to have no frame of reference. It's to what you're dancing around like a giblet head for. I I I'm, I don't see the I don't see the point. I think this is one of those fans that goes into the summer and dies. I just think it's stupid. It's like it, it does. There's no creativity. It's like oh, I'm out having fun and barbecuing, or oh, I'm doing something stupid. It's basically like Snapchat with more video options. Yeah, I I, I I don't have a TikTok either. It's a very I feel like it's the first time I've really felt kind of old and we're very young. Yeah. We're very right. young individuals, yeah. but like I, I went back to work at the golf course. I've worked at the previous two summers and I'm like the oldest like kid working there and they're oh all high gosh. schoolers and they're all yeah. on TikTok it's, it's and fun. I've never felt older. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm 21 years old. I'm a very yeah. young human being. Yes. <laughs> I should not feel this old. I literally, I, I like, I'm like, so how about Twitter? And they're like, what's Twitter? I'm like, <laughs> they, they didn't say that, but you know what I mean? It's like getting yeah. to that point where I'm becoming like out of touch. And I shouldn't be out of touch. I'm a senior in college. What's a Facebook? Yeah, TikTok a Facebook. is a very high school age oh, yeah. thing, though. Yes. I don't so, think so, though. There, I, I feel like, I don't, first of all, does anyone know how TikTok makes money? Because I don't. I don't know. Uh, is there, are I there believe ads they have, there? I've I never been on the ads. I've never been on the app, so I wouldn't know. Exactly. I believe they have ads, though. I mean, they, it's got to be ad revenue. Well, this, I know Twitter loses money, like, every quarter. So I, I, I was just curious. That was very – that was stu- – I don't even know why I brought that up. We sound but, like we sound like the most boomer podcast oh, yeah. ever. I'm an old man. I truly am. I have yeah. such old man takes about everything. I, Collins, I – well, on a podcast Nathan Sturz, I'm not necessarily sure that's true. <laughs> well, well, Stearns is different. See, uh, Stearns is literally a sixty-five-year-old man. Yes, yes. Trapped in a twenty-year-old body. I, I, I don't mean. I don't mean to offend you. It's sir. not in a. No, it's no, not no, in a negative right, thing. Right, right. No, hey, I have no problem with it. I mean, <laughs> I sounded like I was sixty-five when I was nine, and I looked like I was five. I mean, it's just it's just the way the world works. Sometimes. It's just yeah. the way the world it's works. Like that movie. The face does not match the voice. That's for sure. 
Will Stearns is that the best voice in radio? Oh, totally. Yeah. I'm going to be sending him mail trying to get me a job when he's the lead anchor of WJR or something. Yeah, he's Stearns, on WFAN in New York. Stearns is going to be the guy that does the narration for the tragic story every year on the ESPYs. Okay, that's all. Uh, well, you know, I mean, Stearns, that's – I mean, there's good money in that, Stearns. You can, like – in a lake like, far, far It's true. I mean, it's true. That's right. Well, I, I mean, other than that, I mean, like you said, though, I mean, Darian Harris, I don't know what his title is. He's doing all these, like, interviews of former Michigan player State players. Play, uh, director of player development. Yeah, so. Development or engagement? I uh, think it's engagement. I saw on Twitter today, development, but I could be wrong, huh. I guess. All right. But I, they're doing a bunch of stuff on social media that is completely different. Like you said, Bach, they're actually moving into the right century of college football. Like it's not, it's not the 20th, 20th century anymore, Mark. Let's like not run the football on first and second down. So I, I, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this too before we kind of like deep dive or you guys have any crazy opinions you want to get out right now. When I think about this like college football season as a general, as a whole and like, like what we're seeing with the questions if it's even going to happen is just, I feel like we've all this like collectively like internalized that it's probably not going to be the same, but on Twitter and everywhere else, everyone's acting. It's going to be the same. You know what I'm saying? Like life has kind of moved on in the college football world and we've kind of internalized like, Hey, in, in ourselves, we're like, it's probably not going to be the same, but let's hope there's 75,000 fans, even though we can't even get 10 people together in the state of Michigan. So what is your one thought in your mind that keeps you like normal about this college football season? Kind of rationalizes your crazy thoughts. Like, hey, maybe there's an antiviral in 30 days, even though that's not going to happen. Because that's the stuff I do. I just keep envisioning myself in all these places and like at BYU and at Iowa and at Penn State. Like, I just keep envisioning myself sitting in the booth at Spartan Stadium doing my whole shtick and then traveling to these places. Like I I have it in my Google calendar, the entire schedule of where we're going to be on certain weekends and when we travel and when we're doing it. So I have it, I very much prepared myself in my mind to do the work for the, for the season. So that's, that's kind of what keeps me going. My thing is, is that, well, recruiting is we kind of keep me alive because it's like some kind of football News content, I guess. Recruiting has been big. Um, going, I don't know. Been going. I'm gonna, been meaning to start going back and rewatching all the games from last year and kind of doing like a dive. Why would like, you do that? Well, I because I just want to do a dive into kind of how <laughs> things ran, especially on offense. I mean, like study all the snaps and everything. Yes, I've been meaning you're, to do you're that. You're not gonna find. You're not gonna find a lot of good Michigan safe. No, 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 no. I know, but, <laughs> It'll be interesting to see, you know, look at a lot of the tendencies from then and then look at the offense, how it's going to look going forward, which it's going to be much more spread out kind of faster. So, you know, you know, just thinking about how things are going to look and just what the product on the field could look like in that first year is kind of going to keep me going. You know, I'm just so unsure. I mean, I think that, I mean, if there's football in the fall, we're going to be covering it. So I'm not too worried about that, you know? Yeah. I think for me, it's just football in general. And what I mean by that, I know that sounds really broad, is that especially during this sort of tumultuous period, 
without, with or without fans, beggars can't be choosers. And if there is football in any aspect, we're going to enjoy it. For I mean, yep. we're sports radio commentators for a reason. It gives us something to analyze. I mean, we went, we go into this business for a reason because we love football. Because, as Eric said, we love traveling to these sort of hollowed grounds on the gridiron. And regardless of what happens, when you kind of get a when you have something like that taken away from you and then it comes back in any sort of method, you're going to be happy and you're going to be thrilled. I think that's more than anything else, at least for me, is that we're going to be able to do what feels so natural to us, even if it's not completely normal. Hopefully there's still going to be some sort of recourse for us to analyze things, to talk about things, for Eric to do his little shtick, just things like that. Yeah. I, I just brainwash myself that I'm like, in three months, we're really not going to have this like together, which we're probably not. We're like, it, we're dealing with a new normal. Like, I think more things will open up like as the coming weeks come, like maybe restaurants at like 50% capacity. But like, life for the next year is not going to be normal. It's just like, I, I, but I can't, I haven't looked at it that way, which is probably why I'm going to continue to be disappointed. And yeah. Just be bummed out. Like, when the Michigan, Michigan State date comes and Michigan State's not hosting fans at Spartan Stadium, that'll be tough. Because yeah. that's, that's something you look forward to when you go to Michigan State, the two home dates that you get to play Michigan at Spartan Stadium. So not to be a Debbie Downer, just had to get that out there. But I, also, I, I know I'm going a million miles per hour. i got to work in a couple minutes or 45, whatever. But I <laughs> – what is your guys' biggest takeaways, though, from quarantine in college football? It's definitely shifted recruiting in a lot of ways. I mean, you look at Neely decommitting. Recruiting has become very different during all this. And that's going to – and also just teams not being able to get together for spring ball is going to just kill some teams. It's, it's not kill Michigan State. Yeah, not having that cohesion, especially teams with the new staffs. You look at – uh, I mean, not just Michigan State, but you look at Drinkwitz, who's at, at who's at Mizzou now after being at App State. Um, what a random coach to put out there. Well, I mean, but you look at that guy. talking about him the other day, so it's not completely uh, random. No, me, it, it is. To everybody else. But no, but that's another example of a guy coming in to a new – to an entirely different landscape. I mean, he went from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. Yeah. Tucker did. You look at Drinkwitz from the FCS – I mean, FBS, whatever. They might be FCS. I don't know. No, they're not. At the, they at, were and at I, a mid-major to an SEC program. You know, you look at something like that too. You know, like it's very, very. You know, you've got it's going to hurt a lot of new coaches. For me, it's just how much the American sports culture needs college football mm, because yes. it's like I mean, you can talk about recruiting all all day long, but I mean, recruiting still. It, at its core is what it's always has been a connection between a coach and a program and a player. And, you know, obviously those connections are better made in person, but at the same time, you know, our technology is such that we can still have the conversations like the four of us are having right now. So, I mean, it's, it's to me how much pride and joy people take in supporting their schools in college football I mean we everyone knew that it was you know as far as like pure passion goes in American sports I think college football is the number one on the list that people care the, 
the most deeply about their school. Yeah, there's a lot support. of psychopaths. Just yeah. a ton of them. <laughs> right. And so without with without that, it's just going to be if, if somehow it doesn't happen, it's going to be such a void that I'm not sure we're ever going to be able to fill. I guess for me, it's just how different states and different regions of the country perceive college football as an entity. If college football is canceled, you are going to get people down south that are literally going to riot and start burning things. <laughs> like that are going to march to the NCAA's office and absolutely have a meltdown. Like you try telling Louisiana or LSU fans. Try telling Clemson. Exactly. That Dabo and Trevor aren't going to be able to go for another national title. So at least. Oh, oh I didn't even think about that. That'd be what about the Roll Tide game? Exactly. It's, I mean, and of course you have crazy psychopath fans in every state, but I don't think you're going to get the same reaction in the Northeast as you are in Florida, Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia, uh, so on and so forth in those Southern SEC schools and the Southern ACC schools. So if college football is canceled, I just think you're going to get 50 different reactions from 50 different places. You're going to get some people that understand it's in the best interest of health. And then you're going to get other people that are just going to have an absolute meltdown and think that we're being pancakes. So I don't know. I've never I like the word pancake instead of snowflake I think that's better I mean I, I just I, it's a better word it is no but the thing I was to say about college I think we can all agree that it's the most fun sport it's just fun there's yeah. a lot of goofy things going on a lot of weird traditions the one that I'll never get why the northeast does not like college football I get they don't really have like a team that's very good Shout out UConn football. They went to the Fiesta Bowl in 2012, my guys. But other than that, like, I, like they haven't really had anyone who's really that good. Boston College stinks. So, Rutgers. Uh, hey, Shiano's bringing them back. Oh, Syracuse? I mean, Syracuse. Syracuse, like, no one cares, though. Like, Yeah, everybody cares about basketball. Yeah, Syracuse isn't really, like, now that they're not – I don't even know how to describe it. Syracuse isn't really – like it is on the East Coast, but it really isn't because Syracuse is, like, in the middle. I mean, of it's York. in the state of New York, so. Yeah. What about Penn State? Do you consider them in the Northeast? I do not consider them in the Northeast. Okay. I don't either, so good. I consider them East, but they're not, like, the, like – like, New York yeah, is much Penn closer. they They're different. It's, they, they're, that's a that's Midwest the vibe. In my dumb brain, if they were in the Big East, I would consider them from the East Coast, but since they're in the Big Ten, I consider them in the Midwest. That's how my brain operates. Temple. Right. Temple? Temple's not good, though. Like, once a lot, like, Matt Rule is there. They were like, Temple's the king of, like, seven and five and playing in the Monarchy Auto Care Bowl and, yeah, like, playing the one, like, the sixth best team in the ACC for, like, the fifth straight year in a row. Yeah, well, I mean, the Northeast has always been predominantly a basketball region I mean, with, like, the Big East and everything. Just since, like, I mean, the 80s, really nice. You know, it's just always been kind of more basketball, especially with cities. Football's just not as popular in urban cities, too. So, yeah. Anything else, guys? Does anyone got any hot takes they want to spew? Because it's nice talking to other individuals, that I, especially the ones I haven't seen in a long time. I had a hot take about Jamari Budin because me and a former Spartan Red Zone co-host – Alex McGray, we're discussing oh, him. And I won't say anything because we're kids. Well, say it. Just say it. Have the take. Hey, you can't bring it up and then not say it. Yeah, yeah, no, no. yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. Oh, so, my thing is like, great football player, probably, you know, obviously he's a high, big time high school recruit. Yes. 
I don't get the whole, and I have not gotten this. I'm also not a big person who's like the whole, like these crazy announcements and social media for recruits and stuff. Granted, I college, cover college football. So, you know, I guess I have to deal with it. But I have always like him, like he went and like deleted all of his posts and all this other stuff. It, like, cause of all these perceived slights and all this other stuff. I'm like, look, man, just like work on your, and maybe I'm an old man for this take. No, I'm, I know where you're going with this. I know where you're going with this and I'm right there with you. And I, my thing is, is, and Andrew Anthony is a kid who I covered at East Lansing High School a couple times this past high school football season when I was working for LSJ and great athlete, good kid too. And, you know, he's a lot different in this sense, you know, hard worker, multi-sport athlete, whatever. Budin is, I just like feel like there's a, a lot of ego there. And I'm just like, that's how it is with a lot of high school recruits nowadays. And that's one thing that I don't like about how recruiting is, is I don't like how, you know, how just like, oh my God, these, I mean, like they're good at something just like everybody else is. They're just people. And my thing is, is like, you don't need to, like, at the end of the day, they are. And, but they're just really good at something that other people aren't. Like anybody, everybody else is. You're not going, you didn't go in the direction I thought you were going. No, but I also think the whole social media thing about recruiting is so stupid. And I think, like, you're well, a high schooler, like, chill out. Okay, go that's where I thought you were going with it. That's also but, where I'm at with it. Okay. I, I don't know when we got to the point where it's like, the hats on the table aren't good enough. Right. We got to take, like... Or you got a higher professional video photographer or whatever, like photograph guy to just like like get me in the city of Detroit, like doing some cool yeah. thing. Oh my god, walking like, down the street. I know. Like I, I found it pretty fun when there was three hats on the table. I thought that gave the same suspense, other than I am committing and it's like goes black and then he's got a different t-shirt on. Like I don't need to see that on the Twitter timeline. So I do agree with you there, Joe. Who's I don't know who this guy you're even talking about. I don't really follow. He's a Belleville linebacker. Belleville, great. I mean, four star, great athlete. Don't get me wrong. He's gonna be a very good college football player someday. But just like I don't know, I I just didn't like how you know. I mean, like granted, where however anybody wants to handle it is how they want to handle it. I guess. I just think it should say is kind of old Belleville the last couple of years too. No, that's true. But it's just like sometimes some of these kids, it just gives people such big egos and everything before they even get to college. It's just like, man, when you get to college football, it's going to be a lot different game. I think, sure. the, I think the theme of this podcast is that we're all four we're of us. Boomers. Be, yes, we're boomers. We're old men. We're going to have the, old the title, men tapes. The title of this podcast is Okay, Boomer. Yeah, seriously. We're just a <laughs> bunch of boomers. I like, I'm okay get, with it. Get ready for my take in like mid-September when Michigan oh. is like 2-0. and And I just give like the classic old man Michigan State thing. Yeah. Hey, you remember tape forcier? It's just something so stupid and so so overplayed. Just like I'm the king of overplayed tropes, so just wait for more this year as the podcast progresses. It's coming! It's coming! And Stearns's edition makes it even better because Stearns oh, is one of the most knowledgeable people I know, but he's that he's not that same. Old man personality that we got, so it's a great addition to the podcast. He's gonna really bad. He's going to balance me out really well. If I can add one thing to the whole button thing, enough with the cryptic tweets. Like, he keeps, like, responding. That's why you don't like Cam Newton, right? Yeah, uh, yeah let's save that for another. We don't need to be Cam here. Hey, Cam Newton got you to a Super Bowl. Stop it. Among many other things, yes. Among many other things, yes. I, 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 I do have – Jake DeLome did too, and I have very mixed feelings about that. But, <laughs> 
Nathan Stern's known Carolina Panthers fan, if you, if our listeners did not. But, like, he's responding to oh, fake. Here we go. Like, you opened like, the can. Here we go. Hey, no, let's, let's not even get into it. Let's not even get into it. <sighs> I'm, not, I'm, this I'm not saying Cam. I'm talking about Bud. And we're like, he's responding to fans. Or when MSU's relating that graphic department, he's putting, like, that Photoshop image in his Twitter. And it's like, are, what are you doing here? Like, are you trying to bring people along? You're trying to get people yes. hooked up so that if well, you it, It's all about getting attention from people. It's people now. I would do it. You wouldn't do it. No. What's the point of having a top 20, too? I mean, yeah. for God's sake, yeah, that's that the is. stupidest thing I've ever seen. That's why well, there's 20, 20 schools. Yeah, dude, no come on. Yeah. That's clout, though. That, that's the day and age we live in. That's the day and age we live in. If I got 25 offers from, like, all these great schools, yeah, you don't I think I want to tell people? You, you, you just... You know what I'm saying, though? Like, yeah. internally, we we're like, I want to tell people I just got offered by all. And I'm not going to go there, but I can just be like, hey, guess what? I got offered by them. Cool. I have 25 like, why offers, and I have uh, – here's my top 22 schools. Like, come <laughs> on, man. That's so stupid. We should make – I'll bring this we up. We should make our own graphic. We should get take a picture of Bach when he played high school football at Coldwater, yeah, yeah, and yeah. get a bunch of pictures Me of different the universities. Yeah, uh, fumbling the football. Never once fumbled in my whole career. <laughs> what? So what was your touchdown to interception ratio? I didn't throw one interception my senior year either. Wow, game um, manager Eric Bach. No turnovers, zero turnovers my senior. What type of offense were you guys about running? Ball security. Well, we ran a variation of the wing tee. It wasn't like a straight. Okay, that made sense. Oh, yeah. I threw, I think I threw like, I don't know. I think I threw like nine touchdowns and ran for like nine or ten. Jeez. I don't know. I had a lot of of goal line. I had a lot of red zone touches. So let's not pretend like I was like the catalyst of our offense. We got to see. We got to get. What we need to do is we need to get Bach out on a flag football field against us. See if he's got the, uh, the move still. Well, we can't play I am flat football with Joe because he'll probably get in a fight with an official. Well, yeah, I, one of my this referees. Is, this is more or less true. It's not more or less true. It is true. I am playing cards with him. Oh, and does Joe cheat? No, he just gets mad when he loses. I hate losing. That's a winner's mentality. Oh, my God. I, hate, I probably hate losing more than anything else in this world. In any well, I, I, I don't think anyone likes losing. That's true. If you like losing, you're probably not a great person. <laughs> Nobody likes losing, but others of us cope with it better. I guess. But, I hey, good pod. Yeah. That, 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 that was a pretty good podcast for no structure. We're obviously going to have a little bit more structure and segments as the year goes on. But we figured we reconvene. As, I mean, there's been a little bit of Michigan State news and college football news since we've last talked. So I, I thought it was a good idea. I mean, I didn't suggest it. I think it was Danter who suggested it, that we all get together. But I had fun. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys have fun at least? Well done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I missed the sound of your voice, Collins. Good. You're going to hear a lot of it. New, new Impact Podcast Coordinator, Ryan Collins. That's good. Yeah. They're finally, they're finally paying you for all your, for all your takes. Well, what's the thing I'm interested in? <laughs> we were discussing podcast art like last week, yeah. and I was like, we have like a li- little impact water stamp, 
And I was just messing around. Instead of saying impact, it says a Ryan Collins signature podcast. Just on the coordinator. <laughs> you put that on your business card. Yeah, you're like, yeah, you see those 15 podcasts? Those are Ryan Collins signature <laughs> impact podcasts. Every single one. But for that, I'm Ryan Collins, Nathan Stearns, Eric Bacho, Andrew. Thank you for listening to SRZ. We'll have plenty more. I don't know when we're going to record next. I think it's probably the next time we record is when we're in person or if there's any big breaking news in the college football world. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's not bad. And hopefully we're in studio sooner than later so we can sound a little bit more normal and it's not as choppy and we're not interrupting each other. But, again, thank you for listening to SRZ, and we'll see you guys next time.